Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And we are just so excited to hear from you guys and to just... I don't know what I'm talking about, actually. I'm just hear from you guys. We're so excited to talk to you guys. Anything I, to say. When I say my brain is like, you know, like on the cartoons where they put the egg on the sidewalk and it be frying? That's my brain right now. Yeah. Sorry. Like, it's just, um, we're um, we're both very foggy. Yeah, because right neither one of us, um, we usually work on the outline like, uh, like a like literally after we finished like the episode, but we didn't. Neither one of us touched it. We didn't even talk about like the formatting this week or anything. But like always, like all true professionals, we always come through. Period. Because her, her. We, we are meant to do this. This is our gig, and it's always gonna work out for us. Okay. Exactly, exactly. And honestly, this does make me feel better. Yes. Like, it really does make me feel better sometimes just to um, hop on and, like, process and talk about things. Also helps me because I know that people tell us, like, they listen and we help them when we're honest. So I'm like, I just, you know, really... I appreciate like that circle of just like honesty, like everybody yes. making everyone realize stuff and notice things, you know? Exactly. And this is a very, I would say like, this is a peak adult episode. Um, definitely um, a realizing things episode, if you will. Um, we um, decided to change the format up um, this episode because it was a slow news week. Um, so, um, I just was like, let's do something different. Cause we both are feeling like we just need to process, process what? Anything. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we just need to process any and everything. So I feel like that this is a good way to do it. Cause we have this space and then, um, we are talking to each other and then we have, um, our listeners who, um, you know, can give us feedback or say, oh, I feel this too. Um, because we have noticed that, um, I'm not sure, um, what the moon is in, what the stars are in, what's happening, but a lot of people that I know, especially who have close to me, have been having, like, you know, a very rough, a very rough one. Um, for me personally, I, the, um, it's been going on for a little bit, but I was able to like stay afloat and be like, ah, whatever. But you know, it just comes a time where you just crack like an egg. Um, and this was my hatching. This week was the hatching of the, um, whatever I've been holding. Um, and I feel like that has been happening for a lot of people. So, um, we and are, I think with being over one year into this pandemic, like yes. that's the true icing. It's um, too much okay. because for I feel like for the first, I was like cruising, like, oh, like this is cool. But now I'm just like, because I am so used to being somebody that like is always doing something. And like before this, I was never home. And so like same with Iman, same with a lot of people, like never home. And then now you're like always here. And it's like home was usually the thing that you're like, oh, I can't wait to get home. And that was just like, you're always here and you're like, yeah. 
Exactly, you know? exactly. And it's just like you do everything at home. Like me, I feel like I'm working at home, podcasting at home. Well, even when I hang out with people, it's at home. And I'm just like, oh my God, there's literally a whole world. And every day I'm in my home. And I, for the longest time, I just rode on the fact that like, I'm so blessed to have a home. Like, let me sit here and not complain. Like, you know, there are not people out here who are just housing insecure. That's like a huge problem. And I am still thankful, but I'm like, is there just a point where you get to complain about something terrible without thinking about it could be worse? Like, I know that I do that a lot to myself. Like, and you do it too. Like, we just feel guilty because we're like, I'm upset because something terrible happened to me, but I feel guilty because like somebody has it worse and they probably mm-hmm. would prefer my situation. Yes. But it's like, when do you kind of stop measuring yourself to something that shouldn't even be happening and start mm-hmm. measuring yourself up to people who are living comfortably? Because exactly. that is what we all kind of deserve. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we all should be measuring ourselves up to. Not saying, oh, I'm so thankful to even have what I have. Like, I think that's like kind of a slave mentality. <laughs> and that's when I started to feel like slavery wasn't that far away because we all kind of, a lot of, I feel like a lot of poor people, specifically like a lot of black people, we inherit that belief. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I could be, you know, I could be worse, could be worse. Like, all right. At some point, it's just not being grateful anymore. Exactly. And at a certain point, enough is enough. That's what this episode should <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Enough we got to make it something food related, but enough is enough. You know, yeah. like, and it's just cut like, at a certain point, it's like, it's only so much one person can take. And also, there is levels to um, shout out to my cousin who like picked me up um, this weekend. Um, you know, both my um, cousins. Um, I'm so happy. Like, thank y'all. And my cousin Rel was saying that like how him in particular is just so used to like the punches, so it just stuff roll. And some people, you know, the something that may be little to you to them is just like shakes them whole, you know, down. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he said that because I feel like, um, you know. I, for me, it's very hard for me to be sensitive and, like, very vulnerable because I feel like people are like, oh, what you, like, you should be tougher than that, like, blah, blah, blah. But some things, like, you know, shake me a bit, you know, a little bit more. Also, sometimes I forget things that I've been through because of, you know, you know, trauma and, like, repressing stuff and, like, um, you know how you see movies and somebody's like, oh, I know I've been here before and they like smell something and everything starts coming back to them yeah. or whatever. That still kind of stuff is still happening to me as I get older. Um, and so I'm remembering some things and it's just like, it's just all a shock at once. And it's just like, do, 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 do. But now I'm at the point where it's enough is enough. Enough and, is enough, Sabria. And I'm just being, I'm being, I'm saying I'm, I'm yelling out to the sky. I am not okay. Um, I'm not okay and that's okay. And then eventually I will be okay. But for Mm. right now, I just want to yell out to the sky that I am not doing so well. Um, and I need the, um, I need to lean on some people. Um, and that's okay because, you know, um, especially as me, like being an only child, Iman being the eldest daughter, like we are people who are just, alone (laughs) like we are just Mm. um we are just people who exist um independently since from birth 
So, um, having to deal, you know, with that and everything just being, cause like, you know, when I was, when I was, um, just thinking about like how, when I was like a kid, 12 years old and stuff like that, and my grandma was sick and I was helping my mom and stuff like that. And it's just like, um, like, you know, quote unquote, normal kids, you know, don't have to deal with that. Five mm -hmm. years old calling the, um, ambulance because your grandma went into a diabetic coma, like knowing stuff to do, like, and stuff like that. A lot of, you know, kids don't have to go through stuff like they that. They shouldn't have to. Yeah. They shouldn't have to, you know? And that's, like, stuff, you know, that I had to go through as a kid. Like, you know, just helping, you know, take care of, you know, my grandmom at, a, like, such a young age and having a process on, like, what it meant to be a caregiver, like, as a kid, you know? So yeah. um, I didn't realize as I get older, I'm realizing that kind of stuff, like, you know, really affected me. And nobody, you know, I, I had, you know, my mom is great. My grandmom, you know, was great. But it's just, you know, it's just, you know, things happen. Um, and you, when you get older, um, I so I have, like, this thing where I just feel like I always have to, like, you know, take care of myself and nobody else. I'm the person to take care of people. Like, I'm not supposed to be taken care of like excuse me you know so having to like break that wall down and being like no I'm not okay but I need help too you know it's yeah. just like um and being very transparent because I'm somebody like um I think I said this before in the podcast like um when I was working um, I like, you know, had a breakdown in the back room. Well, I've, I've had multiple breakdowns in the back room at my job at multiple jobs, but I like having a breakdown in the back room of your job and then getting on that cell floor and being like, nothing happened. That is sick. Like when it you think sick. about it, it's and very, it just happens so often. <laughs> it happens so often. And like when, you know, the most recent one I had to break, I was a manager. So like everybody, um, I was the manager on duty. So everybody was dependent on me. So I was like, I can, one, I cannot go home. I cannot, like, I have to fight through this. And also, Iman can tell you, when I was in the first time, I was like, or I think I went admit myself in hospital. Then I was like, no, I can't. I have to be there for my store. I have to open. Like, I was stressed out about, like. What was going to happen with work? With work. And because I take responsibility so seriously, especially, like, you know, being, like, only child and stuff. And I realized um, I get that from when I was younger, like, you know, having to, like, you know, um, people being proud of me because, like, my grandma went to a diabetic coma and I knew to call 911 as a kid, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, people are proud of me for um, for being the, the person that's, like, responsible and not folding. So I take that, I have taken that with me um, from age 5 to 29 now. And I think that, like, in my mind, I'm like, no, people like when I'm, like, the the one to, like, stand up. Like That's you know, the behavior that's rewarded, like, when yeah, you it, are responsible. But when you have moments where you are, like, thinking about yourself, take care of yourself, like, that behavior typically isn't rewarded, no matter how many times you show up for other people. Mm -hmm. I just, um, no, I feel that. And I think that, you know, it's just glossed over the mm -hmm. amount of trauma that, like, kids in the hood and the, the violence that they're just exposed to, mm -hmm. the responsibility that they're exposed to, you know, losing classmates, losing family members to violence, like, just nonstop, normalizing gunshots, normalizing addiction. No, really, even if you don't have a name for, like, what a drug addict is as a kid, but you know to kind of, like, stay away. It's just, like, mm -hmm. so many 
opportunities to fall in the wrong wrong lane and i think ultimately people like you and i were just like celebrated because we stayed away from that and like oh see it didn't affect them like you know being in the hood didn't affect them but it's like oh it does them because it's a bitch when you really grow up and start to realize that everybody that's shit not normal like mm -hmm. it's just really 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 not normal so i get what Ralph is like saying but like you know how you just got to roll with the punches because i feel like i don't have another choice <laughs> like you know i just exactly. feel like what you know i really don't i feel like i can either just give up and fall into like the life that's like around me and I'm like I don't want to be like you know living in North Philly my whole life I just don't you know I don't want to be worried about my car getting hit and gosh I just I can't so that's what quitting means like doesn't matter if it's fair doesn't matter if it's nice like any of those things like that's what it is so when I think about just fail quitting and that being my life I feel like I have no other choice but to eat these punches and literally until it kills me mm -hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. how I feel about success like not even get rich or die trying just get somewhere safe and secure or die trying mm -hmm. get somewhere happy and healthy or die trying mm -hmm. absolutely Absolutely. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and say, okay, whatever, I'm a bird. Like, I'll just be happy living here. And it's not that people who live in Philly are birds, but it's undeniable that, like, just this city is hot right now. This shit feel like that New York in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Philly is a really bad spot. And that unpredictable, you know, that unpredictable nature of safety for me has to like decrease dr like dramatically. Like I can't just constantly every day think that somebody's going to like shoot me because mm -hmm. that's where we are. I've had family members, you know, who've been shot seven times the day after Christmas. I've had a cousin who was murdered. I had my stepbrother who was murdered. You know, it's nothing for my cousins to, you know, have a friend who gets murdered. I have students who get murdered. That's what's happening. And it's like, I'm convinced that we're living in a war zone. And no it's, not, it's just glossed over. It's like you said the other day, it's like nobody's doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just like, I'm, you know, rolling with the, literally just my environment, not feeling safe to me. But then you go to work and you don't, that that's not a place that feels safe. The internet is definitely not a place to feel safe. And I'm like, okay, that leaves one place for me in particular, that's Black Girl Brunch. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, but that's a lot. That's when we feel like shit, I think sometimes we just have to say like, of course I do. I'm yeah, surprised I made it this long without, you know, right? feeling this bad. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, um, that's why, I, and also, like, for me personally, um, admitting that this week has made me be like, okay, now I can move forward. Like, yeah. now I can make the steps, like, I'm, like, going to be making, like, I still, I, I feel way better than I did a few days ago, but I still, it's still, like, a looming, maybe, like, lingering like, you know, like a bit like sad, like I don't feel whole. And, but with that being said, I still am, I'm so motivated to make content. Um, now I was telling email, like, I really feel like I just want to fight like everything. Like, I just want to fight. Like, that's my mind frame right now. It's just like, I want to fight. Um, so, um, with that being said, um, I'm back to, you know, wanting to fight. And it's okay sometimes if you don't feel like fighting. Like, sometimes you might need that space to, like, um, 
gather your bearings. Like, make sure that you can, like, you know, be like, wait, hold up. Can I stand up? Like, I need, like, you know, who can I? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, especially when, you know, um, your stress and your depression is start attacking your body. It's yeah. very hard. It is. Um, it's, it feels impossible. Like, it honestly, feels impossible. it feels impossible. And I just feel like I really do understand where people are coming from. When, like, you really feel like you can't eat. And, like, that. that's... I haven't had, like, really, really, like, crippling anxiety. I would say in, like, almost, like, a year. Mm-hmm. Once Ever since I last left my last job. But this last two weeks have bought like I'm just like I'm so disconnected that's why I've been trying to stay away from people because I'm like I just don't think it's fair to like know I'm in a bad space and still invite people to my apartment so I can like ignore them you know that because when my social battery you've seen it before when my social battery turns on I don't say I can't talk like it's nothing and I I definitely get it yeah, it's like nothing I could do about it. And you do the same thing. I get it. It's just like you're done. Like you're toast. You don't want to talk anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. And I think that like most people can get that, but it's still not good to experience it like firsthand. So I'm like, I'm just, you know, creating space. Like, yeah, I'll go to like brunch or something, but I know I don't have like the mental capacity to take on all these different conversations. And don't don't worry, guys. We won't just be, to be talking about like our struggles the entire episode. We're also going to talk about, you know, some self-care and, you know, just just like what is self-care? Because, like, we're also going to get into people have weaponized self-care. Mm-hmm. Like, work has weaponized. It's becoming, like, the new word. And I don't buzzword. think that. Yeah, it's a buzzword. And we don't think people really understand what that means. So um, let's just get into it. Like, how do you define self-care? So for me, it's being... Um, self-care for me is living honestly like telling the truth um because I feel like the that's another thing that makes me feel like like I can't breathe is like is is lying um Mm. to myself and I tend to do that a lot it's like lie to myself um so telling the truth to me is um self-care um also um like move it like I because I think also another reason why I got so down and stuff because I'm somebody that I I get energized from moving movement and like for me not having enough energy to move and stuff like that it's just like as a cycle of like being like you know frustrated and stuff so I feel like um self-care for me is doing like some sort of physical activity also a new one that I felt like I need and after I guess being a year of like being in my house um it <coughs> excuse me being around people I was somebody that I guess you know from working in retail and stuff like that constantly having to engage with people and actually like get their attention and give it all of my energy I never really felt energized um by being around people um it was like very you know draining because i'm somebody that i can sit that's why like even if me or iman are down we could still be around each other because i'm somebody that i um no matter what i don't need like all that entertainment i can just sit um 
I don't like I just like to be like around people. So like quality, like if even if I'm around you and it look like like I'm on my phone or doing something like that, I'm really like so happy just to be around somebody. So um for me, uh the third one self-care is like surrounding myself with like friends or like loved ones. Um, engaging with them that is like really boosts my spirits because like being around my um, family this week really energized me um and I would say another one probably would be um like uh this is uh I mean I guess like a, a vain one but like really gr like grooming myself yep that really um helps me like I I'm still trying to figure out um this wig nonsense but anyway I um like I washed I, I got my hair braided down I got it washed and then before that I had washed my own hair and like it just felt so good um also like me just it's not even my real hair like just washing my wig just like doing something like that it just makes me feel so good I'm like okay this is I, I see it like just taking care of myself that makes me feel good Definitely. Sorry. It's a okay. huge siren Um, that seems like it's been passing my house for like three years. And I was trying to listen to you talk and keep myself off me. But um, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Like those, I feel like that's what self-care is to me too. I feel like my basic philosophy uh, with self-care though, like, okay. Crime. Exactly. Like, it was just like, are you about to come into the apartment? I'm really confused. <laughs> um, but yeah, so self-care for me is about like how to make myself feel happy in a healthy way. Like, yeah. that's it. Because I felt like when I was younger, I used to think self-care was giving myself what would make me happy and mm -hmm. not necessarily thinking about, is it good for me? Or like, oh, I'm sad. I'm going to get... I, I'm going to eat all the ice cream I want or I'm sad, you know, I'm going to go like text this person or like sleep with this person that is not the best for me or I'm sad, like I'm going to now like do something that I think feels good, but it's self-destructive and I'll only feel worse mm -hmm. once I do it. Like yeah. it took me a few times to realize that not all things that I thought would make me happy really made me happy for in the long run. So I, you know, tried to pivot. So now I do things that I know will make me feel happy, even if it doesn't feel good while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I will eat happy as a form of self. I, I will eat clean as a form of self care because while I don't feel happy when I'm like eating kale chips, um, I I feel happy about the fact that I'm doing something good for myself, and I know that I will never regret that decision. Like it was, it was the good, it was the right choice that I made. Mm -hmm. So like going to the gym, uh, of course, sometimes gym feels good when I'm really worked up, but then sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the gym, I feel like, oh my God, like I'm proud of myself. And then that releases whatever you need in your brain to like trigger, like, I guess some type of joy, but it's like real joy, not like. Oh, I was happy for 10 minutes while I was eating cake. And then as soon as it was done, <laughs> I regretted it all night. Like that just doesn't. And the reason why I regret it is because I don't feel good. Like I know that I have certain fitness goals and that doesn't align with it. It's not like I don't beat myself up every time I eat cake. But when I overindulge to make myself feel better, yeah. I just know that's not the best habit. 
So, um, yeah, I think about like sometimes self-care does feel good. Like it's like, oh, let me buy this. Let me go to get some skincare. Let me, you know, literally lay on my yoga mat in the middle of the floor and listen <laughs> to like scissor. Like I water paint when I'm sad, journal, anything I need to do. But mostly just recognizing like, is it healthy? Because if it's not going to make me happy, um, or if it's a time limit on how long my happiness is going to be there, I really do try to avoid like that. Sometimes it, the answer is a piece of cake, though. It's just like sometimes, <laughs> it, but it isn't all sometimes the time. It is. So it isn't all the time. So yeah, that's just kind of like what self care means to me. Um, so we were we named some examples of how we like take care of ourselves, but you mentioned that you saw like a tweet. You sent it to me. Um, it was about like how people are weaponizing self care. Yes. Um, it was like basically saying like you can't um I'm trying to find it right now, but I'm gonna summarize it as I'm I'm looking for it. Like you can't like it's okay. And I literally was just I when I say I just came to grips with this this week, um, it's okay to like, you know, want, you know, okay, so here's the tweet. It says self and it's by I want to shout out the person. The tweet is by You Have Deadlines. That's their, like, headline name. And it's Shant underscore Ella. Shant underscore Ella on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And they said, self-love isn't the girly people on here make her to be. You can't self-love yourself out of loneliness, out of oppression. People need communities, companionships, support, and love. Life is meant to be shared. No amount of self-love can substitute these things. And then they go on and say something under that. The way people love weaponizing self-love against marginalized and isolated isolated people on here is very dishonest a part of loving yourself also means being honest with your needs and how you cannot fulfill them alone and i literally came to grips with that when i tell y'all like three days ago um (laughs) so i'm like still um learning um to be sorry um i'm still learning how to say like you know i because i'm going to be honest like for me i felt like people who you know would say stuff like that out loud like oh i would love a partner or somebody or like i really like who wants to hang out like for instance i'm like oh that like comes off kind of desperate and then i have to unpack like why do i think that is desperate um maybe for me it's because that i've experienced a lot of rejection so I try not to, I try to be like standoffish and not, um, I like always want people to talk to me first or do something me first because yeah, it's, come, I, it's being from Philly too. Like exactly. Jonas, it, like being Joe or being Joe means like being hype, like being desperate, like that would get you roasted. Like everybody knew that it was embarrassing to be like, I want friends hang out with me. Like that's just not something that's celebrated like in our culture. Like it's just not like being overexcited really annoys people here. Um, so that was, it's like, I don't even feel like I thought that was an option to be that way. It just, you know, but in, in, in some ways though, like I know how you said that you like kind of standoffish. I'm really realistic about other people. So when people say things that like, I want a boyfriend, I'm just like, okay, but it's, it doesn't work like that. Like yeah. that'd be my mindset. It's like, 
it's not, yeah, it's okay to want one, but to beg for one is, you know, when I, I guess that's the only nuanced part to of it for me. It's like, you can't just want a boyfriend. You have to but, wait until it's time to meet But the some right people get them when they say that. Some people get them. I don't think that they got them because they said that. I think they was going to get the boyfriend anyway. They just need to calm down. That's what I be thinking. Like, I really think manifestation works, but I don't think you manifest on Twitter. Like, that's something you, you do, like, with yourself. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, That's my only, that's the only reason why I question that. But I still do feel like if they're representing their need, does it matter really how it makes me feel? Yeah, exactly. Because some people are just going, and I feel like people like that are just, I feel like for a certain degree are just more free because that's just being honest. Just say what they want and they don't care, you know, yeah. they don't care about what anyone thinks. And ultimately I'm just like, while I wouldn't do it, I definitely fuck with people who just say what they got to say. And are they, like you said, cause it's honest. Yeah. It's very honest. And sometimes honesty looks like, what? Yeah. It just looks like. Some I guess and also another thing, I'm like, I'm all I'm someone who is more comfortable being honest just privately. And that has its perks, but it also, you know, has its like um downfalls like right now when I feel like really, really um ashamed for admitting like really basic human things. But um for the most part, that's it does benefit me to just be honest with myself because I feel like nothing I do is like performative because I know the truth. And it doesn't yeah. really matter what anyone thinks. So it's like it doesn't matter what anyone thinks, that's why I keep it in. But for some people they're like, it doesn't matter what people think, that's why I'm gonna let it out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, cause um, like I said, I do be lying to my like sometimes I lie to myself, and then sometimes I do things where I I want to protect myself, so I like hold back or I don't um like I don't say how well sometimes I don't know how I'm gonna feel about certain things, so I have to wait until a feeling pops up, which is kind of annoying. Um, because like some people just know off the bat, like, this is how I'm going to feel. But me, I'm like, oh, I got to fill this out. But, um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I will just, and I feel like for me doing that, I have missed out on a lot of opportunities. Like my pride has gotten in the way of mm -hmm. that. And I have missed out on, um, a lot of opportunities being like, well, this person has to come to me first. This person, da 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 da, blah blah blah. And something I have to um realize is, on certain occasions, like some people have their own shit going on, and also, what you gonna do when you meet somebody that's just like you? Mm hmm. What you gonna do? Who gonna make the first? Who is gonna like yo? Each other just gonna be staring at each other because it happened. Yeah. Every every um oh my gosh, what's the what's the saying? Not every dog has a day, but like um <laughs> it's just like when you meet your match, it's like also when you meet your match, sometimes you start seeing stuff in you that you are like, oh, I gotta change this because I don't really like that. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> because I know, I mean, I will tell you off the mic um, about the realization that I had, but I have met somebody that is the opposite gender of me that is kind of the, my match. And sometimes they say stuff that I be thinking and I'm like, oh, like, and that has made me gradually change and like try to get softer because I'm like, you sound very 
Like, just, it's like, I don't want to yeah, say. Uh, I don't want to like, seem that way. I don't want to seem that way. And it's also unattractive. Like, when people, like, never forget that article that, I mean, it's, t- say, I mean, take what you will from it. But me and Iman, like, back in college, we read an article about this lady, why her son loved Kim Kardashian, because she always smiling. And I think about that a lot, um, because... Um, I am like, uh, some people don't know, like, until they like talk to me, but I feel like I'm very like happy, like bubbly, like type person. But so I feel like when I'm in certain situations that ra- that energy does not radiate off of me. Mm-hmm. And it's, Same. Um, it's because, um, I have like a wall up and like defenses up. So I'm ready to defend myself even before anybody says anything to me. And I remember I was doing it in college, like, for instance, one time um, I was with a friend in college, like this thin um, white passing Latina girl, and we were like um, like joking and something, and I made a joke about myself, like a self-deprecating joke about my weight. And she was like, like, why would you say that? Like, she was like offended. Like, she like was like, why would you say that to yourself? Like, she did not think those type of jokes and stuff were funny. And so I think about stuff like that, um... And I'm like, okay, I don't want to come off. I want to come off as a person that I, you know, I feel like I don't want. Because for me, I don't know if it's like for you or anybody else that's listening. For me, I physically can feel the the wall that I have. Mm-hmm. I physically can feel it. And in my head, I'm doing all these gymnastics. I'm battling. I don't want to say this. And like, also, like, I'm just thinking about things, you know, in the past, but maybe friendships or relationships and stuff like that, Um, you know, those things might have come to an end, but I realized the one thing about myself is I have not, I was not honest in a lot of the things. Um, and excuse me, my intentions weren't clear and maybe, and also like, for instance, if it was relationship wise, the person probably didn't even think that I was interested in them because I just like go like straight. You know, I had that problems. People would be like, I didn't think you liked me. I'm like, what? I was in love with you. So, yeah, it's like that. And also, like, having to deal with, like, speaking of that, thinking you're doing too much, you know, and you're not even doing anything at all, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um. But again, all goes back to that never wanting to be, like, you know, too hype. It's just really... If you're from Philly and you're listening, you understand. And maybe if you're from like New York or something, but somebody who's a little too mixy, somebody who got a little too much dip on a chip, like that's just very much frowned upon. So it really does like, even when I go to a new job, like at first I used to just mind my business because like, I don't know these people, you know, and it took me until like college to see how other people came into work super friendly like hey how are you oh i know somebody that's around there and i kind of started to mimic other people's behavior yeah it's definitely not what i was taught to do like i always be taught like you came here to to be america's next time model you didn't come here to make friends exactly like, that's, that's how, how i was raised exactly so, it's that's just how really, I feel. it's just really really um wild to see how that plays in and that's why it's so important to go to therapy um so we are important. we're doing that next we're like we're really doing that next but no, yeah like, um <laughs> and, and while like we're talking about weaponized and self-care i did just also want to talk about how like a lot of people do weaponize self-care including employers because like employer yep. will say things like 
um, like self-care is a new buzzword, not just like on Twitter, but also like in corporations along mm-hmm. with diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. People will literally just keep dropping a word because they want to seem good, but they have no way of making sure their practices are like, like within their, within their work system. Mm-hmm. If you believe in self-care then how are you making it so that the climate at this job, at this organization, at this school, at this university, how are you making sure that it's reflected? Otherwise, you're literally just talking. And while you're you're talking about self-care, there's somebody suffering. Like, I feel like there are times where I'm in meetings and everybody's talking about self-care, self-care. I'm like, well, if we value self-care so much, why the fuck am I burnt out? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like, I feel like... Like, it's so, like, this is, like, I guess, like, so millennial to say, but, like, let's have that conversation. Like, let's have a conversation. I feel like people say the words, but they don't want to have the conversation. Like, go in depth. Like, what does this mean? What does it look like? How are we holding ourselves accountable? What are we doing to... How can we um, change? How can we Put change? Put our money where our mouth is. Exactly. How can we change? Like, okay, I know, like, the, the, um, the haunted house I worked at was not perfect. Not by any means, but it was one thing that they did that I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. So around like hell week, I don't know if all haunted houses have this, but like hell week is when you work like (laughs) you were, it's literally hell. You work like 14 days, (laughs) you you work 14 days straight. I think it's 14. I know, um, my, um, Judy's that worked with me will probably correct me, but it's like 14 days, the 14 days up until Halloween, you work every day, like every day straight, no breaks. So on one of the weeks, um, they would, ha- I mean, during hell week, they would have like little special things that you could go to the, um, the actors room, well, the green room and like get like certain, like pizza or like get certain snacks people would, um, cook. And then also they did a thing where they would ha- offer you massages mm. and, yep. I feel like corporations and stuff like that should because I feel like every job has a week or maybe a few days that it like for instance retail is around the holidays it is just pure shit. Um, if you work like like for instance I worked at a um at a Shakespeare store a wedding season terrible um <laughs> like prom season it's oh, it's chaotic like i feel like and also like you know from where you work at like you know the you know the school season like starting up or whatever i feel like around those times jobs should invest and do stuff to make the employees feel like they're being cared for and see to me i feel like that is being done it has been done like a lot of my organizations like during christmas time they'll like get us cookie trays and shit like during like you know the beginning of the school year like my job will do a lot of things including like the massages you make your own trail mix you can paint like there's a lot of things but what does that mean what does that mean to me three months in where I'm up to my neck in the task that just don't feel realistic to do it with goals that don't make sense and I feel disconnected? Like, again, not even just talking about my current job, just like those are the things that really fuck with my mental health. But it's like, you think I'm thinking about the cashews that you gave me at the beginning of the year? <laughs> yeah, you know like I mean? that's, yeah, like that's, it's definitely dead. Like, I know, I, I know what you're saying. I understand, Iman. I definitely Yeah, understand. like I be wanting POV. programmatic changes. Like, I feel like all that other stuff, I be bitter as hell. Like, there was this one job, they gave us a cookout. I was at that cookout eating all this funnel cake mad as shit. Like, yeah, that's the least y'all can fucking do. Because for us. <laughs> it's the exactly, because I feel like they don't want to have a conversation and just like oh let's just brush off that because it is awkward because some people are going to be have some people are going to be have to be held accountable and it's uncomfortable and like 
I feel like people need to get um get a comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think you said that before on here. Yeah, seriously. They need to re literally reimagine what the workplace looks like if you really want self-care to happen. I'm talking we can't maybe less than 40 hours a week giving people autonomy to just do their job as it's complete if as much as possible. Why do some people need to work 40 hours a week? What if they can get their job done in 30 hours? As long as the work is done, does it matter? Like just And the pay should be 40 hours too. The pay, like minimum, like get just give people what they need because self-care is not one day off is not going to make a difference for somebody like people need if you want them to take care of themselves then you take care of them like that's just it also if you have like patchy like i used to have like for instance i would be off on a tuesday and then work and then i would be off on a sunday like what the heck is that like i'm first of all on tuesdays that's not even a free day to me, for real, because I we everybody knows it's the dawn of time. We have done a podcast on Tuesday, so it was like I really had one day off, for real. Yeah. Um, so it just would be like I would be like just so scrambled, and then also, you know, sometimes you might have to stay extra or you know stay later or do something like that, and it's just like Whoa. like literally, my dog did not even really know me like that when I started working because all I did was. Um, barely eat here. Actually, I would just sleep. I would just come home and sleep. Sleep, get ready, go. That's yeah, exactly. Please. So it's just like that. Is I feel like you know when it comes to jobs and like corporation stuff, they really need to work on work life balance, and that's why for some people working from home was a re- it's 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 a it's a um a, a catch twenty two. That's the um saying right. It's yeah. um it's a catch twenty two. So it's I feel like people can have a better work life balance. I mean, you could if you wanted to. Um, not I'm not insinuating somebody that I know did this, but you can go to Target um <laughs> while you're on the clock. Uh, yeah, I mean, would, I don't know anyone who did that. Either. I don't know anybody personally who's done that, but you could if you wanted to, you yeah. know. And if they need you, you know, call you or whatever. Um. Some people if you feel, wanted to get box braids on the clock, you technically could. You technically could. Don't know anybody who's done that, but you could. If you and, wanted to get a pedicure and be on Zoom on your phone, you really could. Exactly. But I don't know anyone who's done don't it. Don't know anybody who's done that, but you could. So I feel like it's a sense of relief in that. It's, it's a sense of relief, but then also it is a, it's also like, oh my God, I'm always home. Like, I'm always like, you know. Yeah. Um, and that camaraderie what, and just work besties and things like that. It's just, you know. It's just, it's a lot. It's, yeah, it's you a miss lot. it. You start to miss like people. You <laughs> and, like, do, because I was. And even when I saw, go to the market really quickly, like it's just you're, you're actually experiencing like some type of just stimulation i guess like mm-hmm. you're, you're walking you're observing you're like things are happening memories are being created you're running into people and mm-hmm. it's just like even though you're not necessarily doing an activity like you feel like you know something's something is just happening something's and happening. i hate i hate <laughs> feeling like nothing is happening and like every day no there's no opportunity for like something new to happen <laughs> so yeah. i don't know i'm just I just am really happy with remote work. Like you said, it's a catch-22. Um, and like you said, remote work can be very lonely. 
And speaking of loneliness, um, that's kind of our next topic. Like, uh, along with just like admitting that you need help, calling out to the universe. Like, sometimes it's okay to admit when you're lonely. Um, admit when you need help. Like those relief, you know, feelings that we just don't like to feel because mm-hmm. they suck. Like nobody wants to feel lonely. So, um, Sabrina and I were talking about how like loneliness is somewhat of a new feeling. I have never allowed myself. And I don't feel lonely often because I, I feel very connected most times. Mm-hmm. But I have never allowed myself to admit that I was lonely. Like, I've never allowed myself, even if I started to feel it, I would push it off. Like, I mean, you don't need anybody in life. Like, that's not a requirement, you know? <laughs> I would like think things like that. But it wasn't until, um, I guess we're going to talk about the first time we felt lonely. It wasn't until I was in college and mm-hmm. I went to a party. I was very homesick. So I thought that going to a party with like, you know, some of my friends to make me feel better. But I just, it wasn't my vibe. It wasn't my type of people. Like just keep in mind that like, I was the same girl who knew Camp Rock's like entire soundtrack. And like, now <laughs> I'm here and everybody's just like grinding on each other. I'm 18 <laughs> years old and everybody is so drunk and they're just dancing and twerking. And nobody's talking to me because, first of all, I looked, I had like a dress with like flowers or some shit on. I wouldn't <laughs> talk to me either. Like, I look hit. But I'm just sitting here and I'm Not just hit. like, I was very hit. Um, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, damn, like, I'm really in a room full of people and I just feel so lonely. Like, I just feel like nobody even sees me. No one knows how much I'm even suffering while they're all having fun. And that was just a feeling of like, I swore I wanted this. Like, I swore I just, when I was home, I just wanted to be around a bunch of new people partying. I just pictured it being so much better. And that was when I realized that I was an introvert. And I just don't really enjoy standing in the middle of people, you know, overthinking. I would rather do that shit at home. And I'm actually a little bit more energized being around, like, smaller groups of people. Also, I felt lonely, I think, again, during this pandemic, like, during the beginning of the pandemic, because I was in my apartment alone. And I just was like, I wish I had my own family. Like, not a boyfriend, (laughs) Not, you know, I wish I had my own husband and children. I wish I had my own family because I'm like, I know that when I lived at home with my mom and it was just, you know, me, my brother, I just never felt that. I never felt like I was alone. It was just like so much love. And I'm like, I'm ready for that. So I kind of felt lonely because I didn't have that. I know people with kids were probably looking like, oh, girl, shut up. Like, you're really sitting here complaining because you didn't have no kids. But I know it was a different challenge for people with children, like trying to keep yeah. them engaged while you're scared, too. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. But like saying like you're scared because niggas was scared. For real. It was scary. Yeah, like imagine... I think about, like, if I was a kid, I would have probably drove my mother crazy. I would have been like, but when is it going to be over? <laughs> like, do they have a day? Very annoying. <laughs> Very annoying. So I'm just like, at least I only had to deal with myself for the most part. Well, I feel like in this, a lot. Yeah, that's a whole lot. Trust and believe me. <laughs> <laughs> you have no clue. <laughs> so what about you? Um, When was the first time you felt like, oh, shit, I'm lonely? Probably, I would say college also. 
Like, um, mm. that's when I um definitely felt it. Cause like also I feel like everybody was just so fast. Like everybody I feel like everybody had like a like a, a boyfriend and they was just doing all this stuff. And I just was like, like that was it. Like I'm like, I I really was under <laughs> You said I just was like, and you was quiet, and I know you did that stare because I was like, yo, I because my thing is, I always looked up to like I would say women like Angelica's mom. So yeah, I was like, Charlotte was thought, that girl, like Charlotte. So I'm thinking everybody's came came here to work. I'm like everybody came here to work. Everybody came here to like no part, like all stuff like that. And like I see like people like getting in drama, and they're like, oh, like you know, oh, I slept with him. Like oh my god, we went to this part of that thing. I'm like, go what? Like I just felt very like. I felt the the freaking night when I was in a group with these white kids and they talking about some if you could do one drug all your life um what would you do and weed doesn't count that night I went in my bed and I because I had a roommate and we had bump beds I silently cried so hard I was shaking because <laughs> I was just like this is just too much this is crazy it's too much and I had to um you know a former friend her mom. Her mom called me and was talking to me as I like was just like crying. It just was so bad because I just was like everything here is just foreign to me. And then I ended up, and it's funny because I ended up just not even wanting to leave. So mm-hmm. I, and I'm happy that I like you know powered through it. Um, but I feel like that was a different kind of loneliness because I, at the end of the day, I felt lonely, but I was motivated because I had a goal and I had. I, I was I had it in my mind that I was there to get a degree. I was there to, you know, get closer to like, you know, my career and stuff. I had in my mind that I was, you know, I was there for something that was bigger than quote unquote my feelings. And so when you graduate, you're in the real world and you know, you might not get the job that you um went to school for and you just working and you doing stuff and you know, you the, you have your um for me I moved back home and you know being with your friends and doing stuff and then you realize like oh like I'm I'm really I mean I have my friends I have my family but mm-hmm. I feel like it's just you know something you know missing like you know like you just yeah. feel like what's happening and Sabrina to your point like I also feel like when you get older your friends and your family mean something different. Like they're not the people you do everything with anymore. Cause exactly, when everybody because... get older, they start going in separate ways. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was a kid, me and my cousins, we literally were the clique. We hung out all the time, but now my cousins, they have children, they got mm-hmm. partners, they have jobs, they have, you know, all these different things to maintain. So it's like, they can't be with me all the time. I can't exactly. be with them all the time. So they don't feel the same sense of just like a f- like family that you used to have. Like that, you know, having somebody in your house to connect with like on another level. And the hope is when you get older, like again, I think that's when people do, again, say, I want a relationship because it starts to feel like, especially if you somebody who never had a strong family structure, like you could be looking for that in a partner. Like you just, I don't know what I would do if I spent my whole life not having like this, the, the intimacy of having like a family, mm-hmm. you know, I might be that person. 
Exactly. So it's like, you know, I really, really, really just want to feel that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. It's true. Because, like, now, like, I'm 29. You're about to be 29 in a few months. And <laughs> it's, um, Why did you bring that up? That's so crazy. I, I like, I enjoy when you say you 29 and I'm like, I'm 28. Iman, that's so petty. Anyway, <laughs> I enjoy it. I do. Okay, Iman is 28. I can't believe I'm older than Iman. That's so crazy. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. I never think about that. <laughs> you was really teething by the time I was born. <laughs> that's wild. Like, that's Damn. Really what was you doing when I was being born? I'm, that's crazy. I'm like, Sabria, what exactly were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's really crazy. Like, I'm really, like, like, I'm four months older than you. That's crazy. Yeah, you was definitely in a whole nother. Your brain was in another stage <laughs> when I was just coming out. You didn't know nothing. Like, I, I was really dumb. <laughs> like, I knew things. <laughs> Did I tell you I wouldn't cry at first? They kept hitting me when I was born. Isn't that on um, brain? Yeah. <laughs> My mom just, was like, why is she not crying? And they were like, she's just not. Her lungs oh. are fine. And I finally cried. Wow, interesting. Yeah, again, <laughs> uh, very on brand. Moving on. Um, <laughs> like, but yeah, it's just... Sorry, I don't know why I click like that. But yeah, it's just like, it's different. Like, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's just different when you get older. It's but just yeah, when you get older, different. it's different. Like you create, cause like for me, and I know for Iman as well. Like I would love to have a family. Like I would like none of it. Like for real. Like none of this stuff. Like matter. Like all that stuff. Like all I want to do is like you know have a great career and you know have a family. Like when I tell y'all, when I finally get a family, I y'all not gonna hear nothing from yeah, me. Yeah, I don't give. I'm respectfully. I don't give a damn. I'll be like, I just hope we can continue the podcast. Because I feel like we are definitely two people to be like, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> like, for real. Like, I'm we so just want to go to Disney World. That's it. Sorry. The only yo. reason why I'm like walling and I'm always uh, like, like even if I'm working, I'm still like blah, 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 whatever. It's because I am like single, like stuff like that. I have so a lot of free I'm, time. <laughs> I have a lot of free time. Like, I will really just like shut. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I'm definitely going to be, I'm going to act funny. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since she got her little, yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to act very funny. Like, because it's just like, I waited for so long. Yeah, um, and like, when people be like, oh, she annoying. Like, oh, she talk about her kid. I'm like, yeah, sorry, yeah, bro. That's I will definitely be, be like that. So, I feel like, also, I'm glad that I am processing all of these things, all of this stuff, before I... Um, and also like healing and all that thing, all that stuff is not linear. Like I'm not saying like I'm gonna have a clean slate. I'm gonna be perfect when I become a mom. Cause especially like when you have mental yeah. illness, you have to deal with that your whole life. Being a mom like, is hard. And being a mom is hard. And also you can get new things. You know, we become we become a mom. Things stuff. And life still body, gonna keep going. And life still gonna keep going. So um, I just want to just be able to cope better and also it is like you know a moment of vulnerability it is you know best when you have someone you know by your side going through stuff like that because the way a significant other could be there for me you know necessarily um you know Iman is my best friend but like it's a different type of yeah, you know it's feeling. way different you know? it's just you should be it's able to have different. both 
You should be able to have both. You can have me plus the other necessary help that you need. Like, I feel like it's just, you can't even compare them, which I used to. I used to just be like, well, I have the things I like. And I'm just like, that's so wild. Like, I feel like if you listened to this podcast when you first started, like, we probably wouldn't even recognize those girls because we were probably still kind of thinking the way we were, you know, the old way. Like, just thinking the old way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that that's a great remedy, though, like thinking about the future, like think about how, you know, you can just un- the more you kind of like face feelings that you felt were shameful in the past, the more equipped you are to become like someone's parent, because it's like how you going to be leading somebody else through life and you got too much pride to be lonely. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I know you can't be perfect, but I feel like I'm a little bit behind <laughs> developmentally when it comes to these feelings same, because same. of trauma. Like trauma does rob you of some things. It's, um, it's trauma. Also, being a black woman, people always tell you be strong. Also, you want to combat that when you see other people do stuff, you want to do the opposite. And you're like, I'm going to be stronger than this person with X, Y, Z. It's a definitely which, a strong contest. Which also is not, that is not okay because i'm learning it's it's kind of is it's wrong i mean it's um i feel like it's it is kind of wrong to judge people's you know strength because in one you might be strong in one aspect and they might be strong in another because for instance um like stripping yourself of your feelings and admitting like this is how i feel and you know being vulnerable and stuff it takes strength and so you know for instance you and I are not very strong in that aspect, but somebody else might. And I think that is such a beautiful thing to be able to just like, stri- no matter how much like somebody you have been hurt and stuff, you still are like, it's okay. You know, this mm-hmm. is different. Like, you know, and I feel like it's so much strengthening because like having a conversation with somebody who had, who is, like you said, like I said, when you meet somebody that's your match and you hear them, you're like, this how I sound? Mm-hmm. ooh I yeah. gotta change. Oh my God, yeah. You know, I actually feel that way when I talk to somebody who is uh really arrogant. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope I never sound arrogant. Like, let me just calm the fuck down with how I talk to people because yeah. this is like such a turnoff. Like, it's such a turnoff. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I just, I don't know if this relates to anything, but like, just kind of being honest, I've been seeing like, you know what? I'm gonna stop. I'm going to stop myself right there because I can see me getting into something (laughs) problematic. Um, (laughs) Again, we were talking about showing up honest and like healing and I'm going to heal on. I'm going to heal forward. But um, yeah, another remedy for like um, loneliness for me is remembering how loved I am. Like that really does help me sometimes. Yeah, I just have to really think about like, yo, no, I'm like loved, loved, like really, really loved. And I don't even have to be loved by like millions of people like I'm the people I'm loved by are very you know like like people care about you even people you don't even know care about you care about you like I know that there are a lot of people I didn't think paid me any mind and they're like yeah let's see a podcast this and the other like yeah seriously you just never know so many people care about you y'all niggas show out okay yeah like thank you like I couldn't even believe it couldn't believe it yeah I believe it Think about the people you care about, but you've never told them. And I'm like, yeah. that's somebody's doing it to you too. Crazy. So that really helps me to be like, I may, f- I'm just experiencing loneliness. I am not a lonely person. 
but it it just kind of separates saying like that's I guess something you could just do all together. Mm-hmm. Don't say you're a lazy person. You're saying like I'm experience. I'm having a lazy moment. Like it's just a moment, but it's not who I am. Exactly, because I was having that moment. Like I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, I'm not doing the stuff I used to do. I'm like, am I turning lazy? But I'm like, I'm not lazy. I'm just like, it's just so many things like cloudy. I'm not like you know focusing. Like I just need like and like this week, like I said, like I'm very um motivated to do things. Yeah, and it's like I'm not lazy. I'm just experiencing a motivation drought. That's all it is, and just kind of like uh, detaching your feelings from actions. Like just feel it, but don't act on that feeling because it's just a thought. Like you can literally just observe your own thoughts and not act, not receive it as the truth. Like challenge your own thoughts. Like don't you know that's it's a practice called emotional agility. You guys, if you ever want to like read something that's really, really helpful with controlling your thoughts, I would give that book a shot. It's by like a psychologist, but it's just talking about who's in control, the thinker or the thought. And really, really be beating my ass. My thoughts be beating my (laughs) ass. And I really, really like the idea of just like saying I am in control, not my thoughts. Me having a thought that pop up is, just like you know invasive it's not necessarily how i feel what i believe like let me just slow down like pump pump the brakes and just like (laughs) really think like what does this thought even mean to me and is it the truth so like challenging yourself is really really been helpful for me um so let's i guess let's end the show with some positivity let's talk about some things uh because we don't want to send you off like that yeah we don't want to talk about how we um, are down bad and I'm sorry, go ahead. I feel like this was like very great. I feel like this was this was definitely good. And I feel like even though I feel like it, it wasn't sad or dampening, I feel like it's just an honest yeah. conversation. And like again, from honesty, like you can definitely um feel better and be like, I'm not alone. Cause some people need to hear that. Like it's not, you know, that helps, you know? Yeah, you're definitely right. I feel like, um, I definitely don't think it was sad. I just always feel so nervous about like, am I like trauma dumping by venting? But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just venting. And this is our space to vent. This is our show. That people voluntarily come to. Um, so again, it's like, that's the thing with something like this, a project. It's like, it is your art and you have to kind of show up honest and like be truthful about how you're feeling. Like you just have to do it. Um, and hopefully people connect with it. I feel like people will because, um, again, we're being honest and a lot of times just hearing other people feel vulnerable is validating. Like, oh shit, like I'm not crazy for thinking that, you know, loneliness is shameful. Like, Oh, wow. Like, I'm holding on to things, too. So I'm happy we did this. We have to think of a name to call it, like, um, there, we said enough is enough, for sure. But, like, the, like the, the format feeding, for the show. Feeding your soul? Oh, yeah. Tea for the soul. Tea for the soul. And then we can do, like, a topic. Enough is enough. Yes. Tea for the soul. Yeah. Ugh. Our minds. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I think my neighbors are fighting. Aww. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all hear it? Yeah, I hear it. This okay, Nanny said I fucking hate it here. Um so we wanna talk about our vegan meals. Like we wanna talk about the things. <sighs> 
we want to talk about the food that we've been trying that have been really good because we know a lot of you guys are interested in like um vegan food. You go first. I'm myself on mute. So what um something that I first of all, if you have rice, you can make anything like pop. So I recently I posted on my vegan page. I'm obsessed with cucumbers and tomatoes. I I I usually eat tomatoes excuse me, um, like every day, but I just started like getting back into cucumbers and I'm like, Ooh, this combo. Um, because my, my, um, one of my besties, uh, she's Armenian and she always is eating tomatoes and, um, cucumbers. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to do that. So, um, tomatoes and cucumbers with some rice. Um, I'm addicted to just egg. If you know, you know, um, so cucumbers, um, with rice, uh, just egg and just use the seasoning from, uh, the cucumbers. I used, um, Iman told me to use crushed red pepper, salt, pepper, and then like a little bit of sugar, um, oh, and vinegar, um, for the, um, for the cucumbers. And I do that, mix it all up. And it's so good. It's so good. You get your grains, your protein, your fruits, your veggies. It's like, I feel like I'm definitely um approaching my, um like, closer to plant-based. I had stopped, like, I had it when I um ate out, like, seitan, but I don't buy it because it was making me sick. Um, So I've been, like, really getting into how can I transform vegetables and make them uh good and it's been really working out for me vegetables are so fun so fun i love vegetables so much literally i love them like it's Especially really spinach. easy oh sorry y'all i'm taking off my my bald cap maybe i should wait till i get off before um, i handle no edges i have a lot of questions but i'm going <laughs> to not ask them spare myself today uh so, um, one thing I've been really big into mushrooms. Okay, guys, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I had my mushroom era last year. Ah, uh, I'm like I I think I had a mushroom era when I first became like that like pescatarian and started eating healthy. I just thought mushrooms were like the best thing on earth. But then I kind of ran them into the ground, and I needed a moment. Yeah, also, I, I did it. When you first become vegan and stuff, everything's a portobello burger. And a portobello this and a portobello that. Black beans and portobello everywhere. And I'm just like, both of those, I needed a break from both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just been getting back into mushrooms. And I really like the oyster mushrooms. I've oh, been doing yeah, some yeah. crazy things with them. Like, I usually, like, um, I, bless, me. bless you. Thank I you. usually uh, roast them in the oven and make them really crispy. And then I eat them with like rice or something. Oh, so, so, so good. That's a good one. Also, my um cousin, she created this meal. It's like not really that fancy, but you take a bagel, right? And you drizzle <laughs> olive oil on the bagel, everything bagel. You put the oven on to like maybe 380. And then you put like sliced cubed tomatoes and you put salt pepper garlic powder put it in the oven for like maybe 10-15 minutes take it out and then slice avocado on top and it's just like so crispy and like the tomato is warm it's oh like yeah that's <laughs> real stop and if you feeling real nasty you can put some vegan bacon on it too <laughs> 
and make it a sandwich. Well, like I'm you always could do like it. that. If you really was feeling real crazy. Um, I've been real into vegan BLTs, vegan grilled cheese sandwiches, and my quinoa stir fry. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop it. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been eating. I think I was uh no. I did um kill some fruit snacks the other day. I really cannot have those uh Mott's fruit snacks. I don't know. Yeah, how to why would you even buy those? I just was like, you know, I deserve a little something sweet. Next thing you know, I had like three bags in my hand, like as I was sitting on the couch. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't do those. I can't. Oh, yeah, I can't control myself, unfortunately. Um, but I don't know what voice in my head really convinces me. They're like, oh, this time I'll be different. Like this time I won't like just overindulge on a whole like this box of fruit snacks. The Scooby-Doo ones, too. Ugh, that blue one makes my mouth water. That is, oh, my God. What's your favorite color color candy, you know? Uh, red, because it's usually cherry. Mm, I'm trying to think what mine is. I like the whatever that blue, blue flavor is for Scooby-Doo, to be honest. But red or pink is usually my favorite. Or green apple, if that's a oh, choice. Oh, yeah. That Today one. I ate some sour straws. I was like, eat mine. I couldn't believe I did that. <laughs> yeah, you was getting freaky naughty. <sighs> Got dirty. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about something else that makes us happy. Degrassi. Whatever it takes. <laughs> I know I can make it them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She was soulful. She said, be the best I can. Like, you are, I say to you. <laughs> but, um, I know I can make it through. Degrassi. So, let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk about Degrassi. The reason why we're talking about it is because it was a phenomenal show. Like, let's start there. <laughs> um, and two, because I decided, you know, self-care for me means going into something that was familiar. It could be a really good rewatch. Shout out to all my friends on Twitter who told me that I can watch it on YouTube. Um, they also listed some other places. Uh, Hulu does have it. I mean, Amazon Prime does have it, but you have to have a special, special subscription in Sabria. We don't got that one, so... <laughs> Not we don't have it. Because <laughs> I'm signed in under Sabrina Prime. <laughs> we don't got that option. I'm like, damn, what's Sabrina got? Because I ain't paying for shit, so I'm not I got, complaining. I got Shudder. Um, that's a horror movie one. Okay. Bring that down. Yep, Kiki got the Hulu, and you got the uh, <laughs> Amazon Prime. My mom got the Netflix, and you got the Disney Plus. And so. it's what you deserve, you know? You Thank know? you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Degrassi was like a super important show. Like it, I like I was telling Sabrina earlier. I was the type of kid where shows like that really worked on me. Like the Dare program worked on me. Like things like Same. that where where adults was like, here's what can happen. Like I was watching um, the first episode. Um, this isn't a spoiler alert unless you haven't watched Degrassi. If you have watched Degrassi, this is an iconic episode. You're going to remember it. But when Emma met that little boy online and she got into the the hotel and there was a grown man in there. 
That was oh it's not funny. It's terrible. But it's she not. um she really was in there thinking I think her thing was Jordan. And the way Emma was talking was getting on my nerves. She's like, Jordan this and Jordan that. And the guy was acting like he was Jordan's teacher. First of all, I'm like, why is his teacher with him? I guess because he was like a soccer tournament or whatever he was staying at the hotel for. I don't know. But he fucking started talking but you could see Emma face changing when she realized that it was him <laughs> and I remember as a kid my shoulders was up so high and I was like watching that last night and mom was like I, I know for a fact that that episode of Degrassi kept me from meeting any stranger from online because it scared me so much the idea of being in a hotel room with a grown man in a camera was yeah, the most I frightening all, thing I ever first seen. First of all I always I said I always I always thought people like that were grown men, like just off the rip. <laughs> like, yeah. And, I was like, and then when it was on Degrassi, I said, oh, it's solidified. It's true. I had never heard of that before because, like, I wasn't really allowed access to the internet, like, until <laughs> later down the line. Damn. So it's like, I'm like, I might have been fooled by some shit like that, but. That was just, like, one thing. I felt like Degrassi was talking to me about, like, you know, drugs and violence prevention and eating disorders and all these different things. And I'm like, yo, my mom was not having this conversation with me. So it was really, I don't even think my mom knew about all the stuff that was happening in high school by the time I got there. Yeah, it was definitely wild. And I feel like we went to a school that was, like, kind of like Degrassi, but it was, yeah. like, the urban version. <laughs> Because literally everything that happened with the show happened in our school. Damn near everything. Unfortunately. It was like... It <laughs> <laughs> was unfortunately. Oh, God. But no, I definitely uh, agree. Everything that happened on the show happened six six times over at our school. Um, but yeah, let's get into our favorite episode of Degrassi. Like, if you can name one. Um. So I wrote down... Um, four. So, and I, and the way I wrote them down was so dumb. So, I the first one I put was the internet stalker. Um, that's when was it Darcy? Was it Darcy? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. On her block, he the, the that's that's when he came on the block. The guy he was like, oh my god, I forgot what he said to her. He was like, Darcy, it's me or something like that. <laughs> no, he said, it's me, Darcy. Like he was like trying to tell her like it was me, the guy from it. First of all, your picture do not look the same. You're old. You're creepy. Like you think she's gonna be like, oh, oh my gosh, it's you. Hey, how like, are you? Panicking, honey. They shut that block down. Okay. <laughs> It's not funny, but it's just like, bro, what are you doing? It's not funny, but it's just so ridiculous. And then I'm just thinking about it was the acting, like you said. It was (laughs) was, definitely it was definitely the acting. It was definitely the acting. It was ridiculous. Um, also, and actually I had three down here. Also, the other one, me and Ema always say this. So when I forget (laughs) they were performing something, and what was his name? The blind boy? He was blind, he had blind hair. I forgot his name. Anyway, <laughs> well, I think I know what you want to say. I think his name was Peter, wasn't it? I think his name was Peter. Yep. And he was on stage. I think he was high as fuck. And he was like, "Hey, Kelly, hey for you." <laughs> like they was performing hard as hell. <laughs> and that just always stuck with me. Um, <laughs> that episode because he was 
He was off his rocker, okay? Yeah, hey, he Cali, hey, Fournier. Like, <laughs> he what? was so creepy. Also, another one, Um, okay, this one, I think it was Darcy, too. It's so weird because I know her real name is Shanae Woodley, and mm-hmm. the only reason why I remember her name because I have never heard of a white girl being named Shanae. So that was very, <laughs> that stood out to me. So I... I just memorized her real name and I forgot the character she played. But her, she was Darcy, right? Shanae Willie was Darcy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Darcy, when she was, um, she had had enough of that town, okay? (laughs) So she got on a yellow school bus and was about to become a missionary. She said, I need to get right with the Lord. I'm out of here. Like, this is just too much. She had enough. She was with Spinner. He was out of control. And the the internet guy coming up to her and she when she had that um episode where she was like cutting her hair and like cutting her wrist in the um I always I'm sorry I always remember when she was cutting her hair in the um shower it was very crazy but anyway um so she got on a bus and was like I'm fucking out of here deuces and I remember they played this song I forgot the name of the group I'm about to look it up but the song is called your ex-lover is dead and from that episode I loved that song it was so um that scene with the song it was um so melodramatic and that's okay it's called your ex lover is dead by the stars listen to the song it's so melodramatic and in that moment i became obsessed with like melodrama like i remember that (laughs) moment that i became obsessed with like just things were just so over dramatic that it's just like you can't, can't take even, it you can't even take it like i became i remember at that moment because they was playing this like hella melodramatic song and she was getting on the bus and like ch- holding back tears and like spinner was there and then like people like he was upset and i, I think i remember him in the bushes like crying or something it was a lot but i think that, i remember that too that wow. scene really shaped my taste and just stuffed me and like over the top like for instance like i mean if i mean we're all adults here and i feel like people should know what (laughs) melodrama is but like for instance like you know the stay video rihanna say that Mm -hmm. is very melodramatic and i am obsessed with that kind of stuff like people just being like i just don't know what to do like i just don't i'm just sick that's been me all week you would love you would have loved it here So I just loved it, like being in the shower, like wetting your hair, curling up with your like knees to your chest and being like, I can't take it. Like, I just love it. So that scene really shaped like me being like, okay, I want to know what this is. Whatever this is, I need more of it. And I remember distinctly as a kid being like, holy shit, what is this? (laughs) So, um, (laughs) so yeah, um, that, and then, um, I just thought about it off the dome. A very iconic episode is when Craig went Cocoa Puffs. Um, he went off the deep end. And that, I think Oh my God, that, remember that time he said he wasn't doing drugs and his nose started bleeding? We were like, huh? What's the lying. truth? Lying. Lying his ass off. So you're a liar. <laughs> so you're a liar. <laughs> that that um, episode, I think that was the first time I've heard of Bipolar, actually. Oh, watching yeah. that um episode. That's he, it taught you so much. Like, it taught, you, taught so you so much. much. They cover everything. They everything. Illness, like um sexual like, harassment, sexual harassment, school shootings, school domestic shootings. abuse. Yes, the internet, like um Muslims, they talked about like yes, um, being gay, being trans. Yep. After 9-11, they had addressed that Hazel was a Muslim. Oh, like yeah. it was just like so much um that was going on. Um 
and I was just looking. I only have one favorite uh, that I can think of right now. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of iconic episodes, but the one where Manny decides she wants to be sexy. Oh, that's I, me now. I, <laughs> I identify with that because, like, Manny wanted to get this guy, and, like, Paige and Spinner mm -hmm. pretty much was like, yeah, you're not his type. Like, you're not cute enough. I mean, you're a little too adorable, and yeah. she was getting so frustrated with just being cute and adorable. And, like, I, I felt that at one point, too. So she, you know, started acting out to get attention. And then we all remember the iconic scene with her with those jeans, <laughs> them lowrider jeans with that wow. bedazzled thong walking down the street, just knowing she's hot shit. Because the thing is, when I was a kid, I'm like, she looks hot. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> she looks great. And I thought Emma and Liberty were such haters. Like, I'm like, they're so mad. But and then I also kid. didn't trust Emma because I'm like, Emma, you literally met somebody on the internet and now <laughs> you throw now you think it's so wrong for your friend to just yeah. I don't know. I thought she I, even as a kid I felt like she was hating. I didn't feel like they were like trying to be good influence. And then I felt like Liberty, um I just was reading a recap of the episode and apparently Liberty said, uh, that's against the code of conduct. <laughs> I might now if I said some glasses off your face. <laughs> That's the I'm like, now, if I take those glasses, clean <laughs> off your face, then what? Like, why are you in my business? Oh, I know why. Because your boyfriend, JT, was looking at me when I bent <laughs> over. And that's not my fault. Oh! Rest in peace, JT. <laughs> Manny should have been like, ask your man, not me. <laughs> that would have been iconic. That would have been iconic. But that show was just... Everything. It was everything. It was. It was everything. I also feel like they did Terry dirty. Um, they did. Like, they was like, like All why right, did she just get knocked her. out in the woods? And she never, she was in a coma. Did she die? I, we don't know. They like just killed a plus size girl. <laughs> Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> it was, All right. That's enough diversity. Um, We're going to trim that. Um, and that yeah, I just, so... Rick was, they can't, they, I don't know how I would feel he if I was, was him. He was scary as hell. Yeah, because okay? he literally is the prototype. That you're the one, and yeah, it's just—I never forget that episode when um, <laughs> he snapped. He was so mad. I'm just thinking it's, about that. It's all who is Spinner's fault for lying about the prank. Yeah, you, too. And you and you know Spinner carried that guilt on him. He did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was sick. He started shaving that head. He started. I think did he leave school? But you know what? Spinner was just a jerk off for too long. You know, I really off. did like him towards the end, but it's a shame that someone had to get like shot in order for him to like you know come to that conclusion but yeah, yeah. like that to me watching that part was making my stomach hurt because i'm like yo he don't even know what he doing and when fucking jimmy was just trying to talk to him like normal and went to turn to run you say what you want but aubrey acted his ass off he right did yo, he acted his i ass remember off. it's so crazy because i remember watching that episode like so vividly like i remember i was at my friend's house and we like this gonna be a crazy ass episode and this <laughs> is like the like the room like time stopped like everything stopped yep I was like, oh my God, he brought a gun and shot. And it was him trying to run from me. And everybody so hearing crazy. the gunshot in the school. Like, what the hell? That um, was so crazy. And the fact that they did not shut the school down, they're like, oh, class is back in session. <laughs> that sounds like the time period. I remember yeah. watching that vividly too. I was in, like, you know, downstairs in my living room on the floor watching TV. And when my mom saw it, she was like, 
oh my god this is so corny i was like why would you <laughs> say that like why would you say that <laughs> she said this show is so corny <laughs> I just was turning around looking. I said, Mom, this is actually really serious. <laughs> like, can you just let me sit here? And, like, I remember, I think I called Kara. And we said, oh, my God. Like, did you see? Kara was, like, one of my best friends, guys, like, in middle school. Um, So, yeah, it was just it was just so crazy. So, I can't wait to continue to binge watch. I will definitely um, revisit. <laughs> I love this. I that love this. It's funny. Hilarious. Oh, well, it shouldn't have been funny, but come on, guys. Like, there's It should that... have been funny, but it was like. There are a lot of funny movies. It was the in acting. The That's what it was. Yeah. JT also was really funny on purpose. Like, I think he was somebody that actually really made me laugh. Same. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Toby, real quick, before we head out. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I hated him. I did not like him. I, oh, especially when he was sweaty that time. <laughs> You know what though, but he he definitely was the one who saved Emma's ass. He hacked into the computer, and that's why he, he was the only one saying like, "You don't even know who this person is." On <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Worry about yourself." Like she was being mean to him and stuff, but he just kept looking. He was like, "Hey, you're... <laughs> looking back, he wasn't a bad guy, but as a kid, I was like, get him, get him away." <laughs> <laughs> because he was so responsible. Tony yeah. was just so responsible, even way too responsible for a kid. I did. I am on the second episode, and he's trying to sabotage. Because you know him and Ashley are step-siblings. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's trying to sabotage uh, Ashley's campaign. And she was like, what more do you want from me? You and your dad have already moved in my home. My mom <laughs> is doting on you. Oh, I'm trying to do something at school, and now you want to ruin that too? I was like, yeah, see, he was doing too much. But I'm happy that he that he uh talked about the laxative eating disorder. Oh yeah, I remember. I didn't that. know it as a kid like, that people did that. I yeah. was like, Mom, why is he taking laxatives? My mom's like, so he can poop and lose weight. And I'm like, what? I had no clue. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy he shed light on that because a lot of people weren't talking about that type of eating disorder or men having them. Yeah. That so. was very big of them. See, the rest of their head had everything progressive, covered. Progressive. So I can't wait to uh, do the, hit the rewatch. Um, and yeah, the guys, that's it for this week. That's the show. That's it. Let us know how you feel about this format. Um, honestly, I like it a lot. So no, even if you have something negative to say, <laughs> I'm not going to care. We're probably going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that. But <laughs> so nice to hear. It's here some positivity. Exactly. If it's again, if you say if you are against um us, um, then I'm just not gonna care. Like I said. Yes, yeah, sorry guys. Like I'm sorry that I live in this neighborhood where everyone apparently owns a motorcycle. It's okay because like, last week it was me with the dog. So. You know so what? That's gonna be me again next week because like that's what it means <laughs> to just live in this community. Like it's just a lot of dirt bikes. It could be shut down my devices. Like what Aaron said. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, we hopefully you love it. Make sure you let us know. You can let us know on Instagram. We're on Instagram at Black Girl Brunch, Twitter at BLK Girl Brunch. You can follow me on Instagram at Imamate. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Pate and Sabria. You could follow me at Frankenfem underscore on Twitter and it's Frankenfem on Instagram. And if you would like, you could follow my vegan page. It's Vegan Bread Style. And also, we are doing a taste test. So 
I I mean this episode is gonna come out tomorrow but if you have any suggestions or, so y'all voted on my Twitter and y'all said y'all wanted to try savory stuff mm. so savory it is but if you have any like vegan stuff like you had your eye on like savory stuff I am going to buy the stuff tomorrow um so if y'all have any suggestions if I get y'all suggestions while I'm already at the store sorry um but if I'm not I will take the suggestions savory stuff though this time yes guys hook us up with something delicious yes all right well that's it for this week's show we can hope you guys have a good rest of your week bye peace